This Father's Day, celebrate the dads who bring joy, love, and laughter into our lives with a gift from Mickey Couture. Our luxurious, ultra-soft blankets are the perfect way to show your appreciation for all the big and little moments he creates. Whether he's cheering on his favorite team or sharing bedtime stories, a Mickey Couture blanket will wrap him up in comfort and love. Visit MinkyCouture.com or head to your nearest store and find the perfect blanket to make this Father's Day unforgettable. Mickey Couture, because dads deserve the very best. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Rapid Reaction Edition, following the NFL Draft first round. I'm Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. I'm joined as always by Sterling Holmes. You can follow on Twitter at HomestretchKC. Sterling, we talked yesterday on the podcast, and you said your birthday's coming up on Saturday, and the only thing that Chiefs can do to disappoint you is take a running back with the 32nd pick. And what did they do? They took a running back with the 32nd pick. Yeah, and the thing that I guess makes me the most confused is, don't get me wrong, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the third round. The thing that makes no sense is you could have traded back, got more draft capital, and still got your running back who you value at, as your number one running back, not J.K. Dobbins, not Jonathan Taylor, but, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you could have got him later on. I, I'm honestly just completely confused. You had a couple guys on the board that were still there, uh, Grant Delpit. Uh, you had a couple cornerbacks. You had Gross Mato still on the board as well. I'm honestly just confused. That's a... Beautiful way to put it, because I agree that you can get Clyde Edwards-Hillier in the third round. And if you were going to go running back here, I would have preferred not to. But if you were, I would have preferred DeAndre Swift, and he didn't even get drafted in the first round. I I just, I can't believe that the Chiefs did this. I, I didn't think that they would do this, considering, like we talked about yesterday, that running back group, that running back group is solid. I mean, that is good enough in this offense to win a Super Bowl. You have other pressing needs at linebacker, interior offensive line. You only have five selections, so trade back, compile picks. But instead, they take a guy who you and me agree would be there tomorrow and, and possibly Saturday, but I'd say for sure late tomorrow night in rounds two and three. Am I wrong in saying that if you were going to take a running back, this would not be my top choice? I don't think it would be my second choice. I think it would be Swift and then Jonathan Taylor and then him, if you had to take a running back here, like they did, I think he'd be my third option. I, don't get me wrong. Honestly, as far as my favorite running backs, he probably may have been my favorite running back. I'm not saying the best, but he was probably my favorite. I thought he fits the system well. But again, this is such a reach. You know who for sure is not going to be there tomorrow? Trayvon Diggs or Gross Matos. Like, guys that you for sure know are not going to be there that can immediately step in and help the team in, in, in positions of need, by the way. 
it just makes no sense to me. You know, you're paying. I like Alex Okafor, but you're paying a pretty good amount of money. You could have gotten, you know, Gross Matos right there. Rookie deal. Trayvon Diggs, a guy who was an easy first round uh, draft pick who somehow slipped and fell. You need cornerbacks right now. You don't need running backs. You need cornerbacks, and you let it slip through your hands. I just don't understand the move at all. And you look at even Denzel Mims, who's on the board, who, yeah, for this season, it's not a pressing need, but as we talked about, you've got a lot of receivers in that room that are going to walk next offseason. I would have preferred Denzel Mims on that list, on top of the guys you mentioned, and then Zach Braun, who I had you know, in our mock draft. I mean, I, there's a ton of people I would have picked ahead of Clyde, and let's get it out on the front end. As we've said all throughout the history of the podcast together, if they draft an offensive player, it's going to work. You're, you're, anyone can work in this offense with Mahomes, with the skill players, and most importantly with Andy Reid. So, yes, Clyde Edwards-Halier is going to be an amazing running back. He's going to score touchdowns. We're going to chant his name at Arrowhead if we can ever attend a football game again. That's going to all happen, but that doesn't take away from the fact, even though he's going to put up numbers in this offense, that this was a bad pick. That's what almost pisses me off more than anything, is the fact we're going to hear from these these fans who who know who are just non-analytical, who don't value the draft picks. They'll see the numbers that he puts up and go, "Oh, look, what an outstanding draft pick." Without realizing, you could have had an outstanding cornerback and a running back. You know, you could have had multiple guys who could be difference makers instead of just this one guy. So that's what's going to irritate me the most is seeing the finger pointing and saying, well, look, it obviously worked out. Look how good he's been. That's neither here nor there. That's besides the point. Yeah, that on top of the fact that what we've been saying all along here is Take any position you want to tonight, any any position that's not a running back, and by the next time you pick, or even in the third round, you're telling me you couldn't have gotten a Swift, a a uh, Jonathan Taylor, even a Cam Akers, who I don't think there's that much of a, separ- a separation between those guys at all, especially not in this offense where you're going to be tailor-made to put up stats and to be successful. If Damian Williams can do it, these guys can do it, and I it just blows my mind that they that they really just went out here and wasted this first round pick in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. I mean, trading him back made all of the sense in the world. Uh, again, personally, I would have gone Trayvon Diggs. I think Trayvon Diggs was uh, you know, almost a blessing. He he fell. I, I don't know really know how he fell. I think there was a couple uh of guys in this draft that were that went in the first round that that were somewhat surprising. But he fell, and you're like, oh my gosh, you have this fantastic cornerback right in your hands. What a better fit. This can't be a better match. And then you, and then you fumble it. I, I just don't understand. And you're high on Diggs. I was high on Kristen Fulton. Both those guys were there. I mean, you could have improved this team you know, so much more than you did with this draft pick. Even Josh Jones, you know, the, the Houston lineman. Even he's a, a a better fit for this team in terms of needs. And most importantly in all of this, you only had five selections coming into tonight. And this was your best chance to get more picks later on in this weekend. It was trading back from 32. 
And that's so important, as I've said all offseason long, you're coming up to the point to where you have to hit on every pick. Every single pick is, is important for everyone, but specifically a team like the Chiefs who are going to have to pay Mahomes, who are going to have to pay those skill position players to make them happy, who are going to have to keep veteran talent around. That means you need to cut corners you know, financially and hit on young, controllable rookie contracts. And what you did here, while it will put up numbers, while it will put up highlight plays, you wasted that opportunity at 32 because you could have gotten that production from almost anyone. Almost anyone can give you that production behind this offense. I mean, what, Damian Williams was undrafted, and he put up those numbers. So, uh, again, it, it just makes no sense. Uh, I don't know how many times we get... What's weird to me is someone like Brett Veach, someone like Andy Reid, who has been so forward-thinking, so much in the forefront of the change in the NFL from uh, a run-first league to a pass-first league, and yet they completely go against what they've been doing, what's got them to where they are at, and they reverted back to this old-school thinking uh, of drafting a a running back. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. Especially Andy Reid, who you've you've criticized, you know, his whole tenure as a head coach that he goes away from the running game. So you spend the most valuable asset you have on a running back. When I think that Damian Williams is 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 going to be a great fit in this offense and has been a great fit in this offense, I should say. I also believe in Darwin Thompson, who you got for nothing, but you're spending the thirty second overall pick on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, That was the only thing that we said that could make us upset. You literally signed the show off this week by saying, don't get upset with whatever the Chiefs do, except that they draft the running back. And that's exactly what they did. And again, maybe we're being too harsh. And you got to say, with a grain of salt, the Chiefs did just win the Super Bowl. I mean, they did. You have to trust Brett Veach. You have to trust Andy Reid. They have earned that trust but at the end of the day if this does not plan out if for some reason draft picks two through five do not hit if they do not address the the needs and this turns out to be again it won't be a one-hit wonder because you have Patrick Mahomes that just can't happen if you keep Patrick this will not be a one-hit wonder you will not fall off a cliff but we've seen too many times Teams not build for the future. The Patriots are the example of valuing draft picks and hitting on them. And the Chiefs are not off to a good start after winning the Super Bowl, in my mind. And that's what it comes back to, is in a vacuum, we are being too critical. If you only look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because he is going to be very good, and that there's no debating that. But my issue is, yes, you trust Andy Reid. Yes, you trust Mahomes. Yes, you trust Brett Veach to get the offense going. And I said all offseason long, whoever they pick offensively is going to be good. Any position they take, Andy Reid has a great reputation with offensive linemen. You have Mahomes already, so any receiver you get is just icing on top of the cake. And then any running back is going to fit well in this offense because there's no pressure on him. But... Yes, he will be good. So it sounds like we're overreacting in the sense of he's not going to be a terrible player. This isn't going to be a, a terrible you know, position group from the, for the future. He's going to be really good. 
the problem I have is just the fact that you let so many other opportunities slip away from you. And you're right that this makes tomorrow and Saturday that much more important for Kansas city, because you now only have four picks left. I don't know if they're going to get, you know, trade back into certain rounds and get more picks, but you have four more chances to get young controllable talent at positions of need where you absolutely need linebackers to play. You absolutely need cornerbacks to play. You even I mean, still need a wide receiver. Cause you know, we, we talked about who's all going to leave. So, but that, Position group is still deep with Mims and Higgins, but I'm not sure if they're going to be there the next time the Chiefs are on the clock. There's a lot of pressure now, I think, the next couple of days for the Chiefs. And safety. Grant Delpit would have been an outstanding fit. Again, you, you better hope Bryce Hall, in my mind, because I think Bryce Hall, we, we keep seeing him mocked around that second-round draft pick, you know, around, what's it, 63 or um, 64, whatever, whatever it is. We keep seeing him mocked around there. If you don't get Bryce Hall and he somehow goes before, because you know Trayvon Diggs will not be there, what are you going to do? What's your next move? If the cornerbacks that you thought were going to be there are all gone now, because some of the guys I think we thought potentially were second-round guys got pushed up in the first, where are you at now? Where are you sitting? That's what makes this whole decision even more um, clouded in my mind. Exactly. This pick, to me, it can be summed up with, is it worth it? Because your offense was already elite. It was already the best in the NFL. It was already projected to be the best in the NFL for, for years to come. Was it worth it to draft Clyde Edwards-Halier in the first round? Because you can score all the points you want to, but if you have so many other glaring holes in the defensive back room, especially that linebacker room, Interior offensive line, even they people are talking about. You know, well, you know, we all know that Andy Reid and Brett Beach love to get Mahomes weapons. That offensive line is a weapon to quarterbacks, especially once you pay them. So you could have done a lot more with this first round pick, I think. And if you have a, a another Breland Speaks type pick tomorrow, then you know who knows what the future looks like in terms of this draft. Because if this draft class, if you only hit on, you know. Edwards Halir, who is obviously going to hit. Again, he's going to be good in this offense. That that does set you back. Now, now because you have Reed, Veach, and Mahomes, it's not going to set you back that far because you, you're already going to be great. But it will put a small dent in your future You know, going forward. Do, do you want to be known as the you know, in the Patriots organization or to be known as a Green Bay. Who would have thought Aaron Rodgers would be where he's at? Everyone thought Aaron Rodgers was going to have three, four Super Bowls by now. Not the case. Drew Brees. You know, Peyton Manning had two. So sometimes, and I think Mahomes probably has a chance, a very good chance to be better than all of those guys. We've seen Mahomes maybe not even at his peak yet, and we've already seen a Super Bowl MVP or a Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP, so we know how good he can be and the potential and everything. But didn't we say similar things about Rodgers? Didn't we say similar things about Drew Brees? You got to hit on these draft picks. The only team that's consistently done something like this is New England. And even in, with, with the Manning case, he, he has two Super Bowls. The Colts have one with him. And who would have thought that whenever he was in Indianapolis, that they only get one Super Bowl? And again, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, who? anything is possible. And while it seems all hunky-dory right now, these are the kind of decisions that have ripple effects and that 
that whenever you sit back and wonder why did Rogers, you know, only win that one or, or whatever, why did Manning only win that that one in Indianapolis? This this is part of the reason why. If they if they do not hit on these future picks today, you know, this weekend and because again, they need cheap, controllable deals once they start paying guys, and and this is a bad start to this uh, weekend. Yeah, you may not notice the effects this year, maybe not even next year, but two, three years down the road, that is when you'll start to notice all of the ripple effects from this draft and from the either lack of draft capital or the, I almost want to say, not non-valuing the draft picks. Yeah, it comes down to you lose Rashad Breeland next year, we all we all think. You lose Sammy Watkins, you lose Demarcus Robinson, you know, there's a, you have to pay Mahomes. There's a lot of other pressing issues. Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz is not getting any younger. He's still elite. I don't know how much long he has how much longer he has left. You know, do you, do you really, you know, want to invest in Eric Fisher even? Who's been good, but you could have improved there as well if you wanted to. I mean, you know, especially the offensive line. Do you really want to look back and say, yeah, but at least we got Clyde Edwards-Helier? Because, again, he's going to be good, and we cannot stress that enough. Just because we don't like this pick does not mean that we don't think he's going to be good. I think any running back in this offense would be good. That's the frustrating part. I'm with you because I think it brings up a good point. You know who else was good for Kansas City? Kareem Hunt, Jamal Charles, Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes. But... You can be good and be fun to watch without, you know, making the team go far in the playoffs. I mean, that's going to be all, all on Patrick. That's the biggest difference maker between Trent Green and the plethora of other, of other quarterbacks in the middle before you get to Alex Smith and then Patrick. But at the same time, it's just like you've learned from your mistakes, Andy Reid. You've learned from the past history of Kansas City that having an outstanding running back does not necessarily translate to wins. Why would you go back on this? And you have a history with your own head coach who oftentimes gets criticized for going away from the run. And with this current setup of having the greatest quarterback of all time, that's no longer a knock because you have Mahomes. So if you need to win games in a dire situation, it's going to be on Mahomes. So why not give him an offensive line? Why not give him a weapon who down the line can replace, you know, Sammy Watkins, who can replace Demarcus Robinson? If you wanted to surround him with weapons, there was better ways to do that with pick 32 than drafting any running back. So this is not a, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hillier is terrible, you know, podcast. There was better ways to accomplish what you did today than drafting Clyde. And just look back on past history. Look back on the Chiefs that went 13-3 and with the you know number one ranked offense and then the worst ranked defense. Or look back two years ago. Remember that? When they had the top ranked offense and about the worst ranked defense. Like, it's just so short-sighted in my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Traverius Ward. I like Rashad Fenton. But you got a sixth rounder, an undrafted guy. Again, you know me. I'm probably the biggest Javarius Ward supporter there is. But why not try to hit on a more sure thing, a first-round cornerback, and add some young, top-end talent to the room? I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just yelling at clouds right now, but it's it, it just frustrating in my mind. The more I think about it, the more angry I get. And I think that this topic, though, 
is divisive because of what we said at the top of the show. There will be fans who only point to the pro football reference page, you know, the back of the football, the back of the football card. You know, what what stats did he put up? And he's going to put up great stats, but it will not be of value of the thirty second pick in the NFL draft. And we've been consistent with that throughout this off season. No matter what running back it is, even though they'll put up numbers, they will not get to that value that that value return on investment of the thirty second overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, he was my favorite running back. I, I, I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was my favorite running back. Would have loved him in the third round. I would have been ecstatic. This, this whole podcast would be completely different if this is what if it was talking about third round. Maybe even the second round, it'd be like, okay, yeah, slight reach, you know? It probably could have addressed other needs. But now it, the, the, the whole tone is just completely, you know, 180 switch. Yeah, the, the, yeah, you're right. If it's the second round, even I changed my tone as someone who doesn't value running backs. And again, you see production from Damian Williams. I think if you put a larger sample size, you'd see production from Darwin Thompson in this offense specifically. Uh, but even in the second round, it feels a lot better than it does right now. Real quick, I wanted to get some other general NFL draft opinions. We're not going to go too deep into it. We'll save that for next week. But just some of the some of the hits. Uh, you know, Roger Goodell starts off with this awkward monologue where he has fans boo him. That was just totally awkward, I think. I like, well, I will say I like the fact that he likes the boo, so I'll give him credit for that. <laughs> yeah, I-, I think that it was awkward, but it wasn't worth ripping him, if that makes sense, because I think that was pretty unfair that he got ripped on Twitter for it. While it was awkward, we were the same people, you know, NFL fans on Twitter that were before the draft saying, I wonder if he's going to have someone boo him. Well, he did, and then we still rip him. So it was like, he can't win with us. But it was an awkward exchange, but I liked I liked the effort. I liked the, the effort he put into trying to make this a big event, you know, doing the Vikings clap thing, the skull thing, whatever. I like that. You know, he tried his best in a impossible situation that he was put in. So I, I do give a hat tip to Roger Goodell before we get into this whole thing. I also think uh, Goodell may have had a few cocktails, uh, him going from this suit, then dressing down <laughs> a little bit into this sweater. And then, I, have you noticed as, as the uh, the draft went on, he, he seemed to get a little bit more energetic as far as getting into the draft picks? I think uh, old Raj could have had a, a couple uh, adult beverages. It, that's what I think happened. I think so, too. And I also want to give a shout-out to Trey Wingo because – this day just snowballed on him. And again, he's put in an awkward spot due to all this. You know, it, it's hard. Believe it or not, it is hard to do Trey Wingo's job whenever you have no one there with you. But there were there were countless mistakes he made. And I, you know, I, I'm sure that you could feel for him as well. Just being on live air, whether it's broadcasting a game or, you know, being on the radio on your show. Sometimes it just snowballs on you like it does like it does for, you know, professional teams and you make one mistake and it turns into two and you can't get yourself out of your own head and I've done it before I'm sure you've had experiences like that and that happened tonight to Trey Wingo there were so many mistakes that you just have to feel bad for him. And the thing was though there were mistakes that I don't think really took away too much from the overall uh, I guess spectacle because at the same time, no one knew what was going to happen. The fact that there was actually a draft on the correct date, that's a success in of itself. There was no major 
you know, tech difficulties. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is, yeah, there's probably some some flibs and flubs here and there. But guess, you know, we got to see an NFL draft. We got to see it live. And it went, honestly, probably a little bit smoother than I originally thought. Oh, absolutely. I think that this went a lot more smooth than anyone could have imagined. Uh, that's just kind of like the the nerdy like producer and like you know nerdy media guy in me that that pointed all that out. I think that this draft though was the most fun to watch in a way because I mean I don't know what your timeline looked like, but I didn't see that many spoilers. I didn't see that many people who had the scoop, and that was probably due to not being able to congregate in, in, you know in a in a location, but. I mean, Shams had a couple, you know, he had the Tua thing and, you know, a couple picks got out. But in general, there was a lot less scoops than, than normal, I think. So what I almost enjoy doing, which is tough for a lot of people, I don't really check Twitter. I, I, don't, I don't do my phone much when, when drafts are going on because I want to be surprised. I, I enjoy the guessing game that goes on. So... To be honest, I, I was mostly off Twitter. I was mostly off of our, uh, you know, like our, our, what, our Slack or whatever our, uh, you know, messaging thing is. I was off of that for the most part because I want to be surprised. I, I enjoy the uh, almost Christmas-like feel of unwrapping who's going to be the guy uh, for which team. See, I envy that. I, I, I could never stay off Twitter during a draft, and I do want to. And this year, that's what made it so enjoyable, because this year I was I was on Twitter, but there still weren't that many scoops being had and that many picks being spoiled, and it made the draft a lot more fun watching it that way without knowing five picks ahead who was going to go, uh, you know, five picks ahead of the TV. But the biggest headline of the draft, I think, for tomorrow is going to be Jordan Love going to the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee today saying, you know, they haven't taken a skill position player in 15 years, whatever he said. You know, however many, how much long it's been, I think it's been 15 years. Uh, and he would be happy if they did that. Well, they draft Jordan Love, and this feels very Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers-like. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the biggest, obviously, difference is Aaron Rodgers had a lot more hype. I, I don't think anyone's that bullish on Jordan Love uh, I, I mean, y- you see some of the tantalizing talent, but there's just too many mistakes that go with it. Who knows what Jordan Love's actually going to end up being? A- again, if Aaron Rodgers buys in to the uh, mentorship role, that could play a huge factor. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you got to be pissed off right about now. I don't think Rodgers will fill into that mentorship role just based on what we know about him, but he could. Uh, but yeah, if we were hosting a Packers podcast right now, I would be furious if I was a Packers fan. I mean, yeah. y- you have a small window here left of Aaron Rodgers. And spoiler alert, Jordan Love is not the guy. I hate when people yeah. talk about Mahomes with him. That is not the move here because once Aaron is done, you're not going to be able to usher in Jordan Love. You're going to have to do this all over again and waste a first-round pick, or not waste, but use a first-round pick on a quarterback. So right now, just continue to build your roster. Yeah. No, I mean, again, as a Chiefs fan, we're, we're, we're pissed off because you drafted a guy you probably could have gotten in the third round. At least we'll see some impact from him. I, I don't know if you'll ever see Jordan Love make an impact for the Green Bay Packers. This feels very Deshaun Kaiser-like. A guy you get talked into, 
You know, there was late surge from him. He didn't do it in college for you, but, you know, he showed some flashes, some upside was there, and then he just never pans out, but you bought into the hype. Obviously, it was later than the first round for Love, but I just, again, I feel like this is a waste. You you have an, a, a small amount of time to push for it, and instead of pushing for, you know, trying to make a run in, in the postseason and trying to get one last, you know, championship out of Aaron Rodgers, you, all you did here was create bad blood between you and Aaron Rodgers, who, of all, by all accounts, is a pretty vengeful person. You know, someone who who doesn't, I should say, doesn't really hide his feelings. So if he does have a problem with this, we're going to hear about it tomorrow. He's open. The, He's very open. What, what, what you love. Oh, yeah, I, I love he, it. I'm not criticizing for that. I love that. Let, let, let's go Rodgers to Minnesota. Well, what do you say about this? <laughs> Just to piss off the Packers front office. Or, or even worse, to, to the Patriots. Oh, don't don't even play this game, sir. How dare you even bring that up? I do want to say very quickly, one of my favorite uh, first round notes was the Eagles going against the grain and going with Jalen Rieger, the the wide receiver from TCU. Instead of going with Justin Jefferson, uh, Jefferson, he was the uh, probably the most you know unanimously. Uh, mocked a guy to the Eagles at that situation. I find this funny considering the Eagles did this last year. Was it the year before with uh, Ortega Whiteside? If they don't hit on Rieger and Jefferson pops off, that is a extremely bad. That's a fireable offense, uh, even though you recently won a Super Bowl. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe they did that with not only... Justin Jefferson, who they seemingly loved, and they weren't shy about loving him pre-draft. But then uh, uh, Mims was also there. Denzel Mims was also there, who this week they said they love. So two guys who openly you know put rumors out there and feelers about you know loving them, you don't take them, and they were both there for you. Instead, you take Jalen Rieger, who has a ton of question marks about his game, a ton. I mean, when you end last year with. Ortega Whiteside being a complete bust. You end it with all of these injuries. You got Greg Ward, who I believe was a quarterback in college, as basically your number one wide receiver. When Nelson Aguilar is getting ripped on from Philly residents, uh, you know, day and night, when people are catching babies out of burning buildings <laughs> and still have time to say Aguilar is trash and could, would drop this baby. I mean, you got to draft at least a. You, you would think a wide receiver who that would make the fans happy. I mean, it's tough making Philly fans happy, but Jefferson, I think, would have done it. And you completely burned that bridge. And that's another team who has Carson Wentz, who they value, and see as a good young quarterback who was knocking on the door of an MVP award the year they won the Super Bowl before he got hurt. And now you've surrounded him with nothing, and... You know, I don't know how you feel about the Eagles, but I think that they are a team that right now is striving to win the NFC East, and that's pretty much their ceiling. Yeah. No, because the, the thing with me is I think Carson Wentz uh, gets somewhat of a bad rap. I think the injury concerns, injury-prone, you, you know, say what you will about the injuries. That's fine. 
when he is healthy, he is an elite quarterback. He he is probably top seven. He he's one of the few quarterbacks that I think really makes a difference on, on, on a team. You know, there's a lot of guys that you're like, you know, they can kind of help, they kind of they kind of hurt. I think he's in the he completely helps. I mean, he carried this Eagles team to a playoff berth. Dak Prescott couldn't carry that Cowboys team with Amari Cooper, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. You got Carson Wentz gotten Boston Scott, a creative player guy on Madden. You got Josh McCown, 43, about to suit up to head in at wide receiver. Your number one wide receiver is a quarterback turned wide receiver. I mean, just don't get me started on, on all the situations. But I think Carson Wentz really makes that team, you know, go. And you don't help him at all. And it just – you're wasting him – almost like Aaron Rodgers in, in that same sort of sense. I'm glad that you think that because I agree with with everything you just said, that Rodgers, I mean, excuse me, that, that Carson Wentz does get a bad rap. I think that, you know, it sounds like a hot take now, you know, to some people. It shouldn't, though. He's better than Dak Prescott. I mean, he's, he's I think he's far and away better way than Dak better. Prescott. I, oh, I mean, way better. Exactly, be way better. And, and Dak Prescott's the one getting on the love because, sure, he's on the field, but... A lot of those injuries, like last year, the playoff game injury, that was just a a frankly dirty play that 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 doesn't happen most games. I mean, that's not something that he can really control. It's it's not like you know he's just falling apart left and right like all the memes make it out to be. Again, the playoff game last year was not his fault that he got hurt. I I, I like Carson Wentz a lot more than than most people give him credit for, but. You've, you've got to help him. I mean, you have to help your young quarterback. That's what the, the Texans don't understand. It seems like, you know, Doug Peterson, a lot of people would understand that, but clearly it's making me wonder because you're right. If, if this pick fails, which, you know, to be frank, I think it will, considering what you passed up on, you're in dangerous territory if you're Doug Peterson, if you're that front office. Were you surprised at some of the uh, some of the quarterbacks that went when they did? AJ Terrell at sixteen, uh, Damon Arnett, at, you know, at nineteen to the Raiders. That seemed uh, completely out of left field. You, you got uh, Noah. I don't even want to. The guy from Auburn, you know, <laughs> Noah. He went at thirty. I think it was pretty surprising. A lot of these cornerbacks, I, I thought. I was floored. I mean, we, we ran through the list of guys who are available for the Chiefs at 32 and are still available heading in to tomorrow. The, the, the Raiders pick and Noah just floored. How, how do you take them? I get buying into A.J. Terrell, although we had him going late in the first round. I get buying into him. I don't even see it, you know, with, with Noah and the Raiders pick. I don't even see it, in, you know, them and being a first-round talent, in my opinion. I'm 100% with you. I mean, A.J. Terry, you could talk yourself into. I, I get that. You're, you're completely correct there. The other two guys, I was just... <laughs> I was befuddled, to say the least. So Brett Veach just said, you know, and, and I, I was going to save his press conference for, uh, you know, next show, but it's flooding the timeline right now. He said that uh, Andy Reid told Brett Veach that Clyde Edwards-Halir is better than Brian Westbrook. And you know what I would say? You put prime Brian Westbrook on this team and you used a first-round draft pick on him, who else could you have got me? I, I, I just can't. I just can't with this whole draft. I mean, I immediately texted you how mad I was about this pick. 
And again, he's going to put up numbers, which is the most frustrating part. You you never want your team to bust on a pick, but it's going to be so annoying whenever people bring this podcast up later on to us, whenever he's just carving up defenses. Yes, any running back was going to do this. I know he's going to. Any running back would have. The, the thing that makes me the most frustrated is he literally was my favorite running back coming out of this draft. So you'd think I'd be ecstatic, but that is just where I'm at when it comes to drafting running backs in the first round. I, you know, even if you would have probably got Saquon, if he was here at 30, to be like, well, was, was there not, you know, Trayvon Diggs? Don't you need cornerbacks? I, I don't know. I just... That's where I'm at in the, in, the, in the state of the NFL. The state of this offense with Andy Reid, it just does not move the needle for me. Not at all, because, again, that group was good enough. You have position groups that won't be good enough after this season. Your cornerback room falls off dramatically, if we can all agree that Breland's gone. Your wide receiver room falls off dramatically, if we can all agree that Watkins and Robinson are gone. And then that offensive line, again, Schwartz is not getting any younger. Eric Fisher is not a guy who's who's not upgradable. I mean, he's good, but you can upgrade from him. He's not the top of the line. Your interior offensive line is a ton of question marks. So much more you could have done at 32 than draft a running back. Yeah. Oh, well, this makes rounds two through five even more interesting, I guess. Real quick, we, we've went over what, what we thought we were going to do for the Rapid Reaction Show, but when the Chiefs just throw us a curveball like this, then we have to. But I want to get your opinion on Tua and Herbert. Tua goes to Miami. Miami, I think, despite the smoke, smoke screens and despite you know what had us nervous heading into the draft, they played this perfectly. They don't have to move up to get Tua. They get the guy they were tanking for all along. And while it looked like they were tanking, they actually laid a very good culture last season, including helping the Chiefs land that two seed by being the Patriots. Flores laid a great culture. They get Tua. Um, I don't like what they did in the back end of the first round, but we can talk about that next week. But I, I like the Tua pick. I hate Justin Herbert. I, I don't think that him or Love are first-round talents, but he goes the very next pick to L.A. But thankfully, you know, they picked Herbert and didn't wait to go get Trevor Lawrence or something. And so he's going to be in the AFC West, and I think he's going to be a pretty easy uh, challenger. I really liked the Tua pick, like you said. I I was very surprised he was still there at five. I thought some teams were going to trade up uh, to either three or four, even two. I thought uh, there was a even decent chance that someone could draft up to two to get to make sure you got to. It didn't happen. I don't want to hate on the Justin Herbert pick because I I think it shows that they're trying that they know they don't have the future in Tyrod Taylor, whoever else is on the Chargers roster. You may say, you know, Justin Herbert, it may not be uh, the sixth best player in this draft. At the same time, do you think that the Chargers will be drafting the top six consistently when there's going to be good quarterbacks available? Probably not. So this may be their best chance, even if it's just a, you know, a shot in the dark, I think it's a shot that you almost have to take to give yourself at least a chance of uh, him panning out. And that's the counterpunch right there if you're a Chargers fan. Whenever people like me say that about Herbert, because I don't think he's a first-round talent, uh, but many people did. So so people see Herbert differently than I do. That's it right there, is that this roster, if healthy, which for the Chargers is a big if, if healthy, even with Tyrod Taylor, who I also don't like at quarterback, they were not going to be bad enough in a competitive draft next year, whenever you're trying to move up and get Justin, you know, uh, Justin Fields 
and Trevor Lawrence, they weren't going to be bad enough to get those guys next year. So if you love Herbert and he's your guy, take the swing. So so I do on one hand value what you're saying and taking the swing. I just don't think that the swing pays off. Who are your biggest winners and finally your biggest losers of the draft? Well, biggest losers, you know, as, as silly as it sounds because of what's going to happen this season, because of the stats that are going to happen, I think that the Chiefs, you know, five years down the line are going to end up looking like losers because, sure, you have a good, you know, stat number at your running back position, but that was not what would define you. That's not what's going to get you over the hump, and it's not also, though, going to be what, what kills you. It's just not going to move the needle, and you could have gotten something in this draft of 32 that would have truly changed your future more so than Clyde edwards helaire did. You know, I, I really like, you know, the Raiders draft with, with Henry uh, Henry Ruggs, but who's who are you going to get to play quarterback there? And a lot can change. Obviously, this pick, you know, for Ruggs is not for this year, obviously. They're, they're not going to try to compete and win Super Bowl by any means, but I do like the pick in general. I do like the, the selection there. Yeah, my biggest loser, I think I got to go with the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Rieger... You know, fine, but with Justin Jefferson still on the board, that was just a huge head-scratcher. So I think I have to go with the Eagles as my biggest loser there. Biggest winner, I think it's tough. I think you could make a case for the Jags uh, rebuilding pretty much all the guys they, they lost. C.J. Henderson, great pick. Uh, Chase on, I think another outstanding pick. Uh, I may go with the, with the Jags. Uh, I think the other one that really stood out to me was the Vikings. The Vikings getting Justin Jefferson and then trading down and getting Jeff Gladney. So when I did an arrowhead addict, I had him picking a cornerback and a uh, wide receiver. I didn't have him picking these guys because Jefferson was, was off the board and actually Gladney was off the board as well when we did the draft. But that's the same type of thinking. They got two extremely good talents in my mind. I think the Vikings may be the biggest winners in this draft. You know, if if I was going to pick, you know, a, a different loser because we've already railed on the Chiefs enough for this pick, I would have gone Packers because what we talked about. I mean, are you kidding me? You're wasting the end of Aaron Rodgers, who's you know, you know, like it or not, is coming to the end. And all you solved was a headache. I mean, that's all you that's all you got out of this. I should say was a headache. Because he's Jordan Love's not the guy. All he's going to do is make Aaron Rodgers upset. And when Aaron Rodgers is upset, we all hear about it. And it's a distraction. And it's just something that was avoidable when all you had to do was give him talent. Give him Denzel Mims, who didn't get selected in the first round, above Jordan Love. Yeah. No. I 100% definitely can agree, uh, agree with you there. Well, this was fun. It did go longer than, than the typical rapid reactions. But again, when, when the Chiefs do something as strange as drafting a running back in the first round, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. When you make an asinine pick like that and I get all heated over here, it's going to happen. It's going to I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners. Um, we do think Clyde is going to be a very good running back. I'm sorry, Clyde. If you, for some reason, ever hear this, I don't want people to think that we don't like you or think that you won't be successful here in Kansas City. We do. It's just, it would have been nice having you and Trayvon Diggs. Totally agree. I'm glad that we book in this with the fact of we do like, on the surface, in a vacuum, 
the selection. But whenever you scope it out and look at the value of that pick compared to the value of the running back position, it just does not add up. Sterling, thank you so much for hopping on here, and we'll have a lot more draft takes coming up next week. Thank you. A lot of fun. That's Sterling Holmes. You can follow him on Twitter at HomestretchKC and listen to him on 810 Sports and ESPN Kansas City. Also, give him a follow again on at HomestretchKC. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next week on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.